welcome. Glad to have you. And uh, on a sad note, for those just tuning in, maybe uh, elsewhere on the network, it is official now. Caleb Williams not coming to uh, the Badgers. He is uh, indeed going to um, he's going to USC, which is what a lot of us thought. But it was nice. It was nice to dream for a short period of time. You know, wasn't a wasn't a bad a bad uh, moment in time to be able to kind of tilt your head back and go, ah, oh, what if, what if? Now you got to pick up the pieces, and now you got to say, okay, uh, Graham Mertz, you're back to being the leader. And can Graham Mertz now one do what you expect him to do? That's the first thing. And then second thing is, can he overcome? Badger Nation wanting Caleb Williams here. Right? 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, give us a shout. But uh, it was it was nice to dream for a bit. Nice to dream for a bit. Uh, but Caleb Williams not coming to uh, Wisconsin. In the meantime, you got Tom Brady announcing his retirement. So he is going by the wayside. He said it's at least day-to-day. Day-to-day. That's where, that's where he's at right now. Um, and then you've got the loss of Nathaniel Hackett, Luke Getze. How much of an impact... Will losing both of those coordinators be? How much of an impact will they be right now when it comes to setup of the daily stuff, of of losing an edge in that offensive room? How much does it mean to Aaron Rodgers, do you think, to lose those guys? Because I think that is significant. And then, uh, in, in also, um, how much of a loss is it to just the ability for the offense to, to overcome? You know what I mean? 877-867-1670, You want to hit us up, do it. Uh, and then in the meantime, you also got Harbaugh, who's talking to the Vikings. Uh, Rob says, Rodgers spreads the ball around well with success when Devontae has been out of the lineup. Not sure how much when he's in it, just in observation. No, we, we would all agree on that. When you Now, this has always been the catch-22 with Aaron Rodgers when it comes to that spreading the ball around. It's always been... Um, Aaron Rodgers, who says, well, you got to go to the best player. And we've said it before, you know, it's like when you have a really good run game, do you really take the ball out of the best player's hand? Right? So do you take the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hand when you have other guys that can do things with it, but we've always said you don't take it out of the MVP's hand? Correct, right? Sure. With Devontae Adams on the field, 
Rodgers always went to Devontae because he's considered to be the best wide receiver there is. But without Devontae, we've seen him go to the open guy, take what the defense gives you, move the ball, move the chains, be methodical, be smooth, and then if you get a shot downfield, you're good to go. Right? Now, if you lose Devontae, how much does that affect the offense, if any? If any. I I think it does. I don't know, but but to me, I think this offseason. Let's say you don't have Devontae. Let's just say he's gone. Okay, at twenty or thirty million dollars a year, which that was being floated out there. That's what he's wanting. At thirty million a year, there's no way in hell, no way in hell, not with his team being in the salary cap jail that it is. Okay, let's just say Devontae's gone. I think then where you really start to look at the job Brian Gutekunst has done or will do. This is if you keep Aaron Rodgers. And you tell Aaron, look, we're going to do everything we can to get you pieces, get you weapons. We obviously have a good offensive line. Tunyon can be back. Our our, our run game is really solid. Um, but I think it is really, really incumbent upon Brian Gutekinds to then get a wide receiver in the draft. Make a move. Get a wide receiver that's that's worth his salt in the draft. You know, you need a Jamar Chase. You need a Justin Jefferson. You need... You know, one of those cats in your stable. It's going to take you a little while to develop them, but you see what a good wide receiver can do if the quarterback works with him right away. Now, the benefit, like Chase had, was working with Joe Burrow already at LSU. So that was kind of a no-brainer. But you can go to, this is where Rodgers can also say, I'm a part of the process, where you can throw out every wide receiver that you're considering, throw them out there on tape and say, Aaron, Take a look at these guys. Tell us which one you think. And let's compare some notes. Brady, they, they did it with Brady. They did it with Brady in Tampa Bay. Remember, uh, Bruce Arian said, yeah, we asked Tom to evaluate these guys. And uh, the guys that we evaluated as some of the top receivers, he's, he did the same. So we were all on the same page. And Brady had a say in what the, what the direction uh, of the draft was. Right? So I, I think if you want... To him, for for Aaron Rodgers to feel like he's really a part of something and he has a voice, I, I that's what I would do. Now, first of all, you got to work out the contractual situation to say, hey, we're coming back, we're bringing you back. But if that, I think you bring him back with with complete honesty. Here, let's let's sit down, let's talk about this. I think you bring him into the big conference room. You bring in a few scouts. You bring in Brian Gutekunst and and, and Matt Lafleur, and everybody sits down with with Rodgers and say, this is what we got going on. What do you think? He, he deserves that. He's not a stupid guy. And you give him that. That's not unheard of. Uh, Lloyd says, uh, when it comes to the NFC North, if Rodgers is gone, who then wins the North? Ah, that's a great question. If Rodgers is gone and you are in the midst of a rebuild, I think the team most ready to win would be the Minnesota Vikings. What, what you know, Eberflus is going, Eberflus is going to be able to do with that team in Chicago. We'll wait and see, but they squarely have their eyes set on winning the division. You've now got verbose verbiage saying we're taking back the North. Here we go. Here we go. Our focus is this. Now, talk is talk. Talk is cheap until you actually do it. But you have this, this enough is enough 
mentality down in Chicago now where you've got guys in, and you've got a piece uh, of the Packers offense now inside the walls of, of Hallis Hall. And Luke Getze, who's going to be calling the plays down there. Eberflus, very much a defensive-minded guy. He's going to turn things over to the quarterback coach. He's going to turn things over to the guy that's been setting up the offense in Green Bay with uh, Nathaniel Hackett and with Matt LaFleur now for the last few years. He's going to turn it over to him. So here you go. I don't know what that's going to mean in the long run because ultimately you have to have the personnel to run it and the people that can execute. But you're going to have the eyes squarely set on Green Bay to knock them off. If Rodgers is gone, the crown is gone. It is back to ground zero. Everybody starts next season even. Maybe you give an edge to Minnesota, but they're without a coach right now, and we'll see if Harbaugh comes. Can you imagine? Rodgers leaves, Harbaugh takes over, and all of a sudden there's Harbaugh's rise to power in the NFC North, and you have to go through that garbage with Minnesota? Now, it would be understandable if Harbaugh went to Chicago being a guy that's played there. Because there's that connection, there's that tie, and then that rivalry is as strong as ever. But now, can you imagine the pomposity coming from the purple side of things? Especially if they have a couple of years of success? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Talk about a nightmare. I think it is incumbent upon the Packers to really work out a deal with Rodgers and go back to plan B later down the road and find somebody else besides Jordan Love. Maybe you trade Jordan Love away for a fifth-round draft choice and just try to try to hedge your bets a little bit and then hope that you hit later in the round. Hope that you hit on a, another wideout or hope that you hit on another, another defender somewhere down the road. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. There's a lot of directions you can go. What does Harbaugh do? Think about this for a minute. What does Harbaugh do to the rivalry? Because we already couldn't stand the guy when he was San Francisco's head coach. And we couldn't stand the guy as the head coach of Michigan, right? Now you got him in your own backyard twice a year. Next door to P.J. Fleck. Oh, my God, that's just, that. oh, my God. That's anxiety in a bottle right there. Wholeheartedly. Man. Walls are closing in a little bit. You can't ignore it anymore. If you're the Packers, everybody else is making moves. And then now you really got to also believe, if you lose Rodgers, that you have the best head coach that your head coach is as strong, if not better, than everybody else in the division. And you can put the personnel, give him the ability to mold him. He's got a great staff together, which is short of Modrayton. He's got a great staff together, and this is the direction you're going to go because you got that guy. Because you're probably going to go through a down year. Look at what happened, say, with New England. Tom Brady leaves. They went through a down year. They tried... Uh, Cam Newton, that was a dismal failure, you know, and, and even Belichick was like, no, we're going to go with the rookie. This guy's this guy's trash. We're getting rid of him, and we're going to go with Mac Jones. And then they developed Mac Jones. He got his defense back. He played strong defense, gave Mac Jones the ability to say, let's just make sure that you don't throw the game away until you really learn the game and you get better. And damned if they didn't. Found themselves going to the postseason. So... 
You know, I mean, that, that's where you start to earn your bones as a head coach. So you're going to have a down year. I don't think there's any doubt about that. You're going to have that year in which you go, boy, that sucked. And it's nothing but just horrific days on the horizon. And then you give Gutekind's time to kind of restock the cabinet a little bit. And you give LaFleur time to find his guy and get his groove. And then the year after, you kind of see what happens. But you know, if Devontae's gone, if Rodgers is gone, if Devondre Campbell is gone, if you start going through that list of guys, are going to Adrian Amos is going to, and you can see the rebuild. You're like, you know what? Next year, you hope to get seven wins. There's no postseason. You hope to get seven wins. Come Christmas, we're probably not watching anything. We're probably watching old reruns of something unless you've got a new favorite team or another team that you're going to watch in, 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 in addition to, in lieu of, and you, you know that that season's going to be a watch. Hope at the beginning, and then as time goes on, you see here's the ultimate erosion. Oh, boy. Yeah. Okay. Holy crap. You know, what do you hear? What is that? Oh, my God. You open, Don't open the door. It's the 80s. Holy. And then there's the 80s pounding down the door, and then you're just, you're, you're, you're just miserable. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670, which is the reason why I say you got to figure out a way to make it work with Rodgers. And hopefully for over the next three, four years, you're able to develop a plan that's even better than what you have, continue to stop the cabinet, continue to put personnel, try not to kick the can too far down the road monetarily, and then maybe the organization is a much better place for transition then than it is right now. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michaels Show coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Aaron Rodgers, you've been writing a lot. What do you know? Who's giving you information? And when should we expect whatever to happen to happen? Um, I'll be tuning into your show. Uh, by tuning in, I mean I'll be waiting outside the door, watching for him to watching him arrive. Um, <laughs> Just real quick, because I do have to run and do my other job. Um, this was interesting to me, because I kind of thought he would peace out after the season, say goodbyes, and just go. Sounds like he stuck around for a couple days and worked with the floor and planned for the future. Nothing definitive, and I know that no one in the world, certainly no one in the Packers oh, building is kind of like, no one in the Packers building is kind of like, we got it or whatever, but they want him back badly, and they were at least encouraged by what happened. At least. There you go. That is Ian Rappaport on the Pat McAfee Show. That is Ian Rappaport on the uh, the Pat McAfee Show. And if you didn't catch it, Ben, play that again for me. Because there, there's something there that I want people to understand. Play that again. Aaron Rodgers, you've been writing a lot. What do you know? Who's giving you information? And when should we expect whatever to happen to happen? Um, I'll be tuning into your show. Uh, by tuning in, I mean I'll be waiting outside the door, watching for him to watching him arrive. Um, okay. Just real quick, because I do have to run and do my other job. Um, this was interesting to me because I kind of thought he would peace out after the season, say goodbyes, and just go. Sounds like he stuck around for a couple days and worked with Lafleur and planned for the future. Nothing definitive, and I know that no one in the world, certainly no one in the Packers oh, building, is kind of like no one in the Packers building is kind of like we got it or whatever. But they want him back badly. And they were at least encouraged by what happened. Okay. What, is, what exactly does that say? Ian Rappaport saying, again, Rodgers, they thought he would say, peace out, talk to you later. Instead, he came back. 
into the building, met with Matt LaFleur, Brian Gutekinst and company, started planning for the future. What does that tell you? There's something there. It's what's not being said. He said they want him back badly. Ben, what does that say? Well, the future with him back involves him not making as much money as he does right now. So if he is meeting with them proactively to do it, then you would think it is on his mind that he would take less. What else does that say? That he wants to come back? What was not said? They don't believe in Jordan Love. They screwed up. They don't believe in Jordan Love. If Love was ready to take over, it would be, we want you back, Aaron, but, you know, hey, it's a lot of money. Eh, you know, It would be posturing. It would be peace out. Talk to you later. But when he said they want him back badly, that says that's so loud in saying, yeah, Jordan Love's not the guy. It's what's not said. They want Aaron Rodgers back badly. No mention of, yeah, it's Jordan Love time. We saw him behind closed doors. We know what he can do. He's ready. When Favre was wavering, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I want to come back. I might retire. I'm going to take time to think about it and this and that. They're like, okay, talk to you later. Here's your locker. See ya. Need an answer right now. Well, God, you give me a little time. I've earned it, you know. No, no, no. We want to know right now. Uh, I've earned that time. I earned that respect. Well, if, you have to, if you're going to press me, I'm going to retire. Okay, talk to you later. Bye. Here's your locker. Get out. They knew what they had. Instead, it's we want him back badly. They want him back badly. Damn straight they do because they know what they have behind the scenes. They know what they have behind the scenes. LaFleur's talked about it, how badly they want Aaron Rodgers back. It is what it is. Right. Sam says, stop the Jordan Love bashing. No. We've known this. That's all they talk about is the future with Aaron Rodgers. They don't talk about moving on. They don't talk about it. That's my point. It's not bashing. It's simply saying what they did was a mistake. It's a backhanded way of admitting we screwed this up. Screwed it up. There you go. 877-867-1670-877-867-1670. We screwed it up. That's why all of the talk about the possibility of moving forward with Jordan Love, it doesn't apply anymore because they know what they have or maybe what they don't have doesn't apply anymore. Uh, And that's the reason when you ask the question about, well, how much are they going to miss Nathaniel Hackett? How much are they going to miss Luke Getze? And the changing of the guard in the NFC North, the changing of the guard does not happen until you completely lose Aaron Rodgers. And then it becomes the reality. But beyond that, you know, right now you have to figure out, um, you have to figure out what you're going to do 
That, that's the reason, and again, okay, because Jason says, well, what is your percentage uh, feeling that uh, whether or not Aaron Rodgers is going to be back? I believe he's going to be back. Now, if I had to put a percentage on it, I was saying 60% of me says he will. But after Brady retired, Roethlisberger retired, we know Gronk is going to retire. I say now 75% of me says that Rodgers is definitely back. 75% of me at least says Rodgers is back. And the other 25, 5% of me says he retires. 20% of me says he ends up going somewhere else. But I think he's back. It's not going to be the same team. And I think the way they approach this is by saying, look, we're going to have to move some things around. We've got to kick the can down the road a little bit money, monetarily. We're going to have to hope to hit in certain areas. But there, I don't think, anyway, there's a way that you keep both Rodgers and Devontae with what Devontae wants. And and um, Ben, did you see the report that Devontae's people have not uh, talked to the Packers? No. That they kind of – now, I did not see that. Somebody brought that up to me, and I, I got to take a look for that. But uh, a buddy of mine said, yeah, he said he saw – and I'm look, I, I try to stay up to date as, on, as much stuff as I possibly can, but he said he saw somewhere that uh, Devontae's people are not calling the Packers back. Now, I have not seen that specifically. I've seen what he wants, but I've not seen that he is that they have not called the Packers back. But regardless, uh, you know, you still you got to figure it out. You got you got to figure out your quarterback first. Um, this is from Anthony who says uh, at the press conference, doesn't Eberflus seem to be the exact opposite of Matt Nagy? He after listening to what I listened to, he does. I mean, Matt Nagy was mealy. He just, he didn't have an edge to him. He didn't have a, um, but, but I mean, look, Matt LaFleur didn't blow us away in his first press conference, right? Matt LaFleur doesn't blow you away. Now we understand Matt LaFleur's isms without a doubt, but in the first press conference, we didn't, you know, we all looked at each other and went, okay, well, just have to wait and see, you know? So I, I don't, I don't judge the success of a franchise by a guy taking over. Judge had a hell of a press conference in New York when he first took over. He was a train wreck. He was a train wreck. But pounding your fist on the podium, and Mo Drayton gives good press conferences, but we've seen what the special teams do. So I I don't put much into what guys have to say. It it ultimately comes down to the respect they have from their their teams and ultimately what it is, uh, you know, in, in results on the field, so... I, I don't I don't necessarily put too much stock into that. And put it this way, a guy pounding the podium and saying, we're going to be better and we're going to take the NFC North and we're not going to give it back, it doesn't mean anything until you actually do it. You know, Lovey Smith said it. He was probably the guy that came the closest. He actually won some games in the North. Not much happened after that. You know? Um, let's see here. This is uh, from Morgan. Morgan says, uh, Tom Brady is the GOAT, hands down. There's a lot of great players in the NFL. We can obviously debate debate their greatness, but Tom Brady is the GOAT, just like Michael Jordan is the GOAT in basketball and always will be. Uh, Bill Russell is a close second. LeBron falls somewhere after that. Um, and he says, I give all the credit in the world to Bart Starr and what he accomplished prior to the Super Bowl era. It's tough to compare eras. I agree with you. And he says, if they don't keep Aaron Rodgers, uh, I agree also. Welcome back to the 80s, and we better get used to it. 
Now, it doesn't mean you can't find if you if you go through a drought of, say, a couple of years and you have a high draft choice, unfortunately, in a year, two, two years down the road. It doesn't mean that you can't find a good quarterback because you could. You could find a quarterback of the future. But you don't want to go through that. You just don't. Uh, by the way, David Bakhtiari tweeting out, thank you, Tom Brady. You did it the right way, and it showed. Enjoy the next chapter of your life. There you go. Bakhtiari chiming in on the greatness of Tom Brady. Um, oh, by the way, this is the exact statement from Tom Brady. It said, I've always believed in the sport of football as an all-in proposition, if a 100% competitive commitment isn't there, you won't succeed. And success is what I love so much about our game. There is a physical, mental, and emotional challenge every single day that has allowed me to maximize my highest potential. And I have tried my very best these past 22 years. There are no shortcuts to success on the field or in life. This is difficult for me to write, but here goes. I am not going to make that competitive commitment anymore. I have loved my NFL career. And now it is time to focus on my time and energy on other things. Now it's time to focus my time and energy on other things that require my attention. That is the official statement coming from Tom Brady, who has uh, just tweeted that out. Doesn't tweet out a whole lot, but he does. But he did. Um, he goes on to say, by the way, as he makes another statement, the future is exciting. I'm fortunate to co-founded incredible companies like Autograph.io. Brady Brand, and TV12 Sports. I'm excited to continue to help build and grow, but exactly what my days will look like will be a work in progress. As I said earlier, I'm going to take it day by day. Uh, I know for sure I want to spend a lot of time giving to others and trying to enrich other people's lives, just as so many have done for me. Uh, with much love, appreciation, and gratitude, that is from Tom Brady. So there you go. He says, my playing career has been such a thrilling ride and far beyond my imagination and full of, of ups and downs. When you're in it every day, you really don't think about it any kind of as any kind of ending. I sit here now, however, and I think of all the great players and coaches I was privileged to play with and against. The competition was fierce and deep, just how we like it. Uh, but the friendships and the relationships are just as fierce and deep. I will remember and cherish these memories and revisit them often. I feel like the luckiest person in the world. Uh, it's a long, it's a long statement from Tom Brady. Holy mackerel! That's yeah. That's that's a long deal. I'm going to retweet all of it. Pretty good stuff though from Tom Brady. Good good statement. He had to break it up on Twitter uh, because on Twitter they only allow you so many characters. So he had to break the whole thing up. But uh, but there you go. Tom Brady definitely calling it a career with much love and uh, appreciation and gratitude. Brady is now done. There you go. That's it. Uh, let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We got a lot more to get to. Uh, we got this is a lot of conversation, and nobody has chimed in from the land of purple, which I find shocking because we are on the air over in the western portion of the state of Wisconsin. We bleed into the land of purple. We bleed in to the St. Paul area. The mighty Eau Claire station there fires us over the border, like the green and gold salvo that we are. And nobody's chiming in on the possibility of getting Harbaugh as their next head coach. I find that somewhat ironic. Stay tuned. we got a lot more coming up after this.
This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Of the program brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. They're the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. Uh, Thursday night, our last huddle of the year. Can't believe it. Thursday nights. Gonski. But our last huddle of the year, we're going to be at the New Berlin Ale House, the New Berlin Entertainment Center, old Kuglich's Bowl, right there on Cleveland near Moreland Road. We're going to be there Thursday night, 6 to 8. I'm going to see if we can't get a couple of guests to come out and join. Now that uh, the season is over, nobody has to worry about close contact tracing and COVID and all that kind of stuff. We'll see if we can't get a few people to join us. But, yeah, Thursday night is it. This uh, depression setting in as the season comes to an end. And we can't say thanks enough to Bud Light. Bud Light's with us all season long, so I'm not worried about that. But uh, I love getting out and doing these things. I do. I, uh, <clears throat> I've been uh, kind of torn back and forth. If the baseball season gets underway, where do we want to do the show? And opening day, I've been traditionally at the ballpark, and I love it. But I'm getting people that are saying, hey, come out to this bar or that bar and, and hang out with us and shuttles. And So I don't know what we're going to do. But uh, And then we're just going to do some random shows. I think there's a lot of good stuff that we can do, all through, not just in Milwaukee, but on, all throughout the state. I think there's a lot of good stuff that we can do. The baseball people are meeting today, from what I saw. Uh, they are meeting today. They they have been. They put some proposals together, and then they came to a little bit of an agreement. Uh, the the owners did to say, okay, we'll we'll kind of you know give on a couple things, and then they resubmitted, and now they're getting back down to some of the some of the nitty gritty. There's a lot of stuff there that it talks about years of service and arbitration and and minimum you know minimum salaries and. And, you know, minor league systems. And there's a lot of stuff going on there that unless you are a, a, a if, if you're covering baseball for a living every day, you're immersed in it. But you really have to be immersed in all the intricacies that baseball is with arbitration and eligibility and certain things. And and so uh, but they're. You know, the players want more money and the owners don't want to give more money. That's basically what it comes down to. And it looks like we're headed towards a DH. As a matter of fact, many of the rosters now, if you look at like roster source, instead of they're all DH. Everybody's in the lineup. I'm not a fan. I hate it. But that's the direction they're going. Yeah. And I hate the fact that they're doing it, but that's, that's the direction. I think they're ruining the National League style of baseball. I get it for uniformity, but I think there is so many more nuances to the game of baseball and so many purisms to the game of baseball, the National League style, than it is the American League style. And I just, I, I completely hate it. Well, there's so. no Caleb Williams. So baseball, I think, might be all I have right. left. So I'm well, ready. Well, you know what? It, it's funny because I, I, had a, again. I, I got my uh, haircut today. And I got up early and went and saw Shaniqua. And I uh, love her to death. I told her I said I need to get my haircut before I head out to, out to uh, L.A. And she, she brings up a good point. She said, after the Packers got eliminated, what else is there to talk about? And the most, because right now you got the Bucks, they're kind of in that anonymity phase where 
after he reached the 40, I, I think Ted Davis has said this time and again when I've had a chance to talk with him, it's kind of like when you hit the 40-game mark, until you get to the trade deadline and until you get to that sprint towards the finish, it's kind of like the the toiling of crap. It's just, uh, you know, it's it's the drudgery of the NBA season. And quite honestly, after they won the championship and we saw how they did it, we're kind of like spoiled to the point, and we shouldn't be, but we're kind of like spoiled to the point of get me close to the postseason and then talk about posturing and jockeying for position and then who the opponents are going to be. That's when we start to kind of look over that fence. But right now, what's there to talk about? And I said, you know what? What we have to talk about, we got two top 25 teams here in the state of Wisconsin. Wisconsin has shocked the world when it comes to where they're at in the Big Ten, sitting at number 11 in both the AP and the coaches poll. I mean, it's just what they've been able to accomplish is just awesome. Sitting at 17-3 and three and the fact that they're playing some really good basketball and Davis has just set the world on fire and we got a lot of good stuff. But Shaka Smart has Marquette in the top 25 in both polls as well. Marquette is back. 15-7, and seven, they took some of their lumps earlier, and obviously you'd like to see them get over Providence and some of these other teams that they've, Creighton and guys that they struggle with. But for the most part, you look at Marquette, and Marquette is back. Now Marquette went through, they just got beat by Providence, who I'd mentioned. They went through that stretch in the middle of the season where they lost, I think it was DeXavier and UConn, and, and it might have been Creighton. Um, uh, but there, I think there was UCLA thrown in the mix as well. But they went through that stretch. And you're like, oh, boy, you know, here we go. Marquette again. And then they went on a roll. Now they got number 12, Villanova, next up on the docket. So I'm, which is is coming up tomorrow. I'm ex- And that's down at the Fiserv Forum. So that place is going to be rocking. I'm excited for, I'm excited for you know, Marquette basketball, too. I mean, Can we get both teams in the top 25 and both teams go deep into the tournament? That would be the best thing for the state of Wisconsin right now. I mean, more importantly, it's mock draft season. And it's mock draft season. We're going to am, talk a lot about the Packers, the offseason, and maybe we get baseball that it starts to encroach upon the territory as well. I am diligently following the measurements from the Senior Bowl. You need to know, I, <laughs> Kenny Pickett didn't have his hands. I did, they didn't measure his hands. It's like the biggest red flag ever. Right? Big fan of hand size. Okay. Is there a reason why? <laughs> no, I, no, it's just something that people just, love to shoot down, and I think it's okay. hilarious. Okay. The like only time hand size matters is when you're talking about a quarterback, and if he has very diminutive hands, then you say, okay, he's not going to a cold-weather team. <laughs> That's it. Other than that, who cares? Doesn't matter. There you go. Uh, 877-867-1670. We've got uh, phone lines wide open. I'm going to get back to that in a minute. Uh, this is from ESPN. Steve, it says, let Devontae play the open market. Uh, if he goes for the money, okay. If he wants to play here uh, for a reduced price, that is also good. Uh, just look at the quality of receivers you can sign right now, and there's more than one that will be out there. It, yeah, it's not like you're going to get uh, on the open market. You For the amount of money he's asking, you can get a really good receiver and an adequate receiver. You can pick up two for that for that price. $30 million a year, you can get a couple of guys. One that's just a filler and another one that's pretty good, you know? Or you can get a, a you can get a pretty good and a half guy, you know, but for for that amount of money, man, you're you're talking quarterback territory money. And I would venture to guess, Ben, would you say Debo Samuel is more valuable than Devontae Adams because he also is a running back? Ooh, I mean, to his team, I I would put them pretty close actually, but he's only more valuable to the Niners. 
because Jimmy G is a lot more limited than Aaron Rodgers, right? Right. But can you imagine if Debo Samuel was on this team? Well, what he could do, what what, what Rodgers could do with him? Probably something similar to Devonte. I, I mean, Devonte puts up the best numbers in the league outside of Cooper Cup. I do, and again, it goes back to the cart before the horse, chicken or the egg. Is Devonte good because of Rodgers? Or is Devontae good because just Devontae's that good? Both. And that's another question that others are going to have to ask. I, I agree. It's 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 uh, it's it's the conundrum. Stay tuned. We got more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, here's Mike Clemens. The Bengals and the Rams getting ready for the Super Bowl. We'll have coverage every day live from L.A. Beginning next week on the Bill Michaels Show from Super Bowl 56, the Rams made several moves during the season, including a big trade to bring linebacker Von Miller from the Denver Broncos to Los Angeles. Man, the culture here is amazing. We didn't have anything to do with that. I, I think it just comes from the top down. Coach McVay, you know, leaders on this team, Aaron Donald, um, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. These guys have uh, built something special, man, and it's honor and the privilege to be a part of it and um you know to join it mid-season and for them to accept us with open arms and you know for it to be a smooth transition and for them to motivate us and we motivate them and to be in a city like los angeles man it's crazy it's 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 really crazy man you know when you sit down and pray for stuff man and you can never imagine, you know, it being like this. Packers head coach Matt LaFleur and his staff are headed to Las Vegas. They'll coach the NFC team in the Pro Bowl this Sunday. The Titans' Mike Vrabel will coach the AFC team. The Bengals, who beat the number one seed Titans, and then the Chiefs showed a lot of poise in those two games. Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow asked what was the key to getting the win over the Chiefs at Arrowhead in overtime. Getting the first first down is probably the hardest. You now we were going against a really, really good defense. They had a great plan against us. Um, we made plays when we needed to, but you know you got to give credit to them. They played really well. That's Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow. I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show. Welcome back. Good to have you. Hey, uh, got to say hi to our friends over there at the Water Doctors, uh, John Atley and the whole staff over there. They're fantastic people. The Water Doctors I've been telling you about for a long time. They sell Connecticut water softening system. And whether you're building a home, renovating a home, or maybe you just have a water softening system in your home that you're not happy with, it is the best, hands down. And there's a lot of things that I do endorsements for, but this is one of them and have for a long, long, long time. The Connecticut water softening system is by far the best. Whether it comes to the taste of your water, the feel of the water on your skin when you shower, cleanliness, or just the fact that it's going to clean up your pipes. I mean, it is just awesome. And they do great work with the uh, the K- Custom Canines uh, Service Dog Academy for veterans. So go to h2theletterodoctors.com. That's h2theletterodoctors.com. See all that they have to offer. Call over there. They're in Waukesha, Wisconsin. And uh, t- talk to John. John's a great guy. And uh, tell them I sent you. Uh, you can't ask for any better people than uh, our friends at the Water Doctors right there in Waukesha. Uh, 877-867-1670. Let's go to the phone calls. Talk to our buddy Mike. Mike, how you been, pal? I'm well, Billy. I'm glad you're getting to go out uh, to the Super Bowl. I got three questions for you. you is Mari Rogers a bust, or is he uh, going to, if Rogers comes back, kind of turn into what they thought is a receiver? Two... 
can you get Van Pelt? Wasn't uh, Rodgers upset when they let him go as a quarterback's coach? And do you really want to let Mason Crosby go? I mean, you know, after his poor seasons mm-hmm. uh, before, he came back even stronger the next year. But he blew up his center and holder from right. previously. Um, I kind of go through the, appreciate the phone call, Mike, as always. So I got three questions here. You know, when you talk about, uh, you know, Amari Rogers, uh, you give him this year, you let him emerge because Amari Rogers was brought in to be a more of a slot guy. He's more, more that you brought in Randall Cobb because that's who Aaron Rodgers wanted back. I think that stymied the growth of Amari Rodgers. Uh, when Amari's drafted, he's excited. You're ready to go. And then all of a sudden, bam, you find out that no, they want, a guy to come in and be you, who's veteran, who's been there, has done that. You had an opportunity a little bit uh, behind Cobb, but really your growth was stunted because of Randall Cobb. So I think you got to wait till this year to find out whether or not you're really, or he is really going to be the guy. Uh, as far as Alex Van Pelt goes, I don't know if LaFleur, I don't know what LaFleur's relate. It's not about just Rodgers. It's about LaFleur's relationship with Alex Van Pelt. Now, if you're bringing the Van Pelt in, you're bringing Van Pelt in as a coordinator when they've already elevated Stefan, uh, uh, um, God, um, Stenovich to the offensive coordinator position. So now you're looking for, uh, because you're looking for numerous positions. You're looking for a quarterback's coach. You're looking for an offensive line coach. Butkus is going to come up, but you're looking for assistance beyond that. So that's kind of what you're looking for, and I don't think Van Pelt's going to come in for that. Uh, at least I would assume not. But maybe he gets the nod and the endorsement from Aaron Rodgers, and maybe he does come in, but he's not going to be—he's not going to be your offensive coordinator. He's not going to be your play caller. So what is he going to be? Unless he just comes in as a quarterbacks coach and just wants to be a coach. And, and as far as um, um, Mason Crosby goes. Uh, I agree with you. The last time Mason had any kind of struggles in a season, he went away in the offseason, came back, they put pressure on him, they brought in competition, and he was stellar pretty much ever since. They did screw with his snapper. They did screw with his holder. They changed Bajorquez out after they got rid of their punter. Um, I think there's going to be competition. Mason Crosby is making quite a bit of money. It's not a ton. It's not like he's making $10 million a year. But I think it's like four million a year, something like that. Um, Mason Crosby is if if they don't cut him loose, maybe they restructure that deal. And I think Mason would probably be probably unless Mason decides to retire, I think Mason would probably take that. He would understand that. He's that kind of a guy. But I think um you are going to bring in kickers in camp. If Mason is still here, and my assumption is he would be, but it would probably, unless they just cut him loose because they need two million bucks. If they need a couple million, then they're going to cut him loose and start over. But it's always, man, the grass, when it comes to kickers and punters, you don't notice them until you notice them. And we noticed Mason Crosby this year, and he had some issues. But I think it was more structural that got into his head. I think you need to go away, and then you start it over, and then he goes back to being what he is. And he's also a guy that's had a lot of success at Lambeau Field. But I don't think anybody would cry a tear if suddenly Mason was gone because they would always feel that the grass is always greener. But it's that's a, that's a you don't notice it until you notice it. And I would assume they might restructure his deal and then bring in competition and if the competition's better, 
then so be it. Let, let the let the better man win. But every time they brought in competition, he's he's just out kicked them. You either it's either the same where they're equal, and if you if they're equal on all sides, you fall on the side of the veteran. Or if they would be better, he would be gone. But nobody has outkicked him coming into camp. And so when you don't have a kicker better than him, you stick with what you know and what, with what has got you there. And that's what they've done. Um, 877-867-1670. Uh, 877-867. Oh, God, Eric. He said if they restructured Mason Crosby's contract, he'd probably miss where he was supposed to sign. Come on. Come on. Well, then again, Eric, if they went to slide the paper in front of him and then as he went to kick it, they moved the paper, maybe he would. Cart before the horse? Yay or nay? Huh? Right? Think about it. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. That's a good question, though. It's a really good question. Um, Got a couple to get to, and we're going to get to those coming up here in the next hour. Uh, also in the next hour, uh, we are going to get to Rachel Hotmeyer. NBC 26, we'll talk with her about the conclusion of the season and about moving forward and about the rumors and innuendos and all that kind of stuff and the fact that uh, $30 million a year for Devontae, oof, that's a tough nut to crack, isn't it? Isn't it? Sure it is. You bet. Um, this is from, uh, this is from, who's this from? This is from Damn It Dave. Damn it, Dave says, uh, all season long I kept yelling damn it every time the special teams would take the field. When is Mo Drayton going to be fired? I am surprised that he is not gone. I am really surprised. I think a lot of us are. Unless they felt that there was just an internal problem with players and personnel or something there, I am really surprised. And, And at this point... I would believe, I would go along with a lot of you that if if that does not change, that means somebody in that organization above Matt LaFleur loves Mo Drayton. Stay tuned. We got more coming up right after this. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe. 